Before I hiked the trail, I wanted a roadmap for my life. And then I started hiking and I realized that it was less about having a roadmap and more about just taking the step that's in front of me and appreciating what was around me. Hi friends, welcome to Stories from 100 Days to Brave, a podcast where we hear real stories of friends who took the brave first steps to become who they truly are. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm going to drop a little bit of a thought bomb on you. Are you ready? (laughs) Here it is. Everyone who's ever done something big has started with taking just one single tiny step. In the grand scheme of things, you may think, all right, one step, what's the big deal? But friends, I'm here to tell you that one small step, that is 100% a big deal because, okay, stay with me here, but we're going to go back to the science class for a minute. Remember inertia? It's that thing that keeps the ball rolling. An object in motion stays in motion, blah, blah, blah. You know, science people. You see where I'm going here? When you've got momentum and you're moving forward, you're a whole lot more likely to keep moving forward than you would be if you'd never done anything at all. That's what Diana, our brave guest today, shows us so beautifully. Even though Diana didn't know exactly where the road ahead was taking her, she realized there was so much God had to show her on her journey, even if she didn't quite know exactly where she was going. Hi, I'm Diana Corzine. I currently live in Plant City, Florida. I'm 24, graduated recently from Trevecca Nazarene University in Nashville. And last year, I hiked from Maine to Georgia on the Appalachian Trail. So before I hiked the Appalachian Trail, I was in probably the scariest season of my life. I had graduated college and was expecting to have been given a roadmap and an idea, at least, of what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. And not having that was terrifying. So for a year, I I worked in Nashville, but what I was doing, I wasn't passionate about, and I knew that I didn't want to do it for the long term. I was just kind of feeling stuck and... Uh, a little bit directionless and like maybe God had either forgotten or just completely abandoned me. What I wanted was a map, but what I was given was a nudge. Then I was reading Remember God actually by Annie Downs and one of my friends knew how much it had meant to me to read that book. And so she gave me this devotional by Annie Downs called 100 Days to Brave. And I remember reading... There were just like so many quotes that hit me and met me right where I was at. But one in particular, say yes to the situations that stretch you and scare you and ask you to be a better you than you think you can be. That really was just a critical quote for me to read at that moment. It kind of invited me to make a decision to step out in a direction that was scary but it's made all of the difference. So it wasn't really like I was miserable or like unhappy at all. I was just not feeling passionate. I wasn't feeling like I was leading as meaningful a life as I'm called to. And I felt like there was more that I needed to be brave enough to pursue. So I 
was given the devotional for Christmas. This was about six months after I'd graduated. And as I read through it, it doesn't say anywhere in it, go hike the Appalachian Trail. But it does say, like, what is the thing that you are maybe afraid to do? Like, just take the first step. Just say yes. So back in my junior year of high school, I had one of my favorite teachers told me about his experience hiking the Appalachian Trail after he'd graduated college. And he talked about it being the most challenging, but the most rewarding thing he'd ever done. And he talked about all of the really painful aspects of it, but also the huge breakthrough that he was able to get out of it personally and physically and mentally and just all of the different aspects of it. For whatever reason, it planted a seed in me and I immediately like knew that I wanted to do that someday. But I just, I always kind of assumed it would be way, way down the road. Like someday, I was saying someday on purpose. I graduated college. I didn't even think about it. Like, I don't even know why, but January of 2019, I remembered the Appalachian Trail and it was just like something clicked and I decided to stop saying someday and go for it. I went into this hike with just about zero experience. <laughs> I, um, I'd been camping before with my family as a kid, but I'd never been backpacking. And uh, so I didn't have really any of the gear or the equipment or just experience. So I was reading as much as I could, looking at forums and talking to any like even partial backpackers that I knew, trying to get some advice and preparing physically was not my favorite. I, I'd signed up for a marathon. So I used that as my training because there's really no good way to train for hiking that long without like getting out on the trail and just hiking. It was kind of a mental thing more than anything. If I could finish a marathon, then I could finish this hike. That was kind of like the idea. So I trained and I ran the national marathon in the spring before the hike and I finished it. Like I completed it. I survived. It was miserable, but it was awesome. I was afraid of a few things. I was afraid of getting mauled by a bear or Lyme disease or falling off a cliff or getting lost or getting sick, getting injured. I was also really afraid of not succeeding. But ultimately, I realized in spite of all of that, I was more afraid of regret. And I've been blessed to have people in my life that have that can speak from experience and tell me that you only regret the things that you don't do. Even if I were to try and not succeed, I just had that feeling that there was so much more that I could gain from attempting. I told my mom first that I was seriously thinking about it, and she and my dad 
tried really hard to talk me out of it because they were scared for me. And I mean, they listed all of the reasons why this was a terrible idea. They made me aware of all of the danger and really tried to talk me out of it until they realized that they couldn't. And then after that, they became the most supportive, like even to the point that my mom did a bunch of research about backpacking and bought all of her own gear and came out and hiked a section with me. My friends were kind of the same way. I had one friend that just blew me away with his response because I told him that I was planning on doing this. I think it was like two months before I left and he knew like that I didn't know anything about backpacking. And so I was like, do you think this is crazy? And he said, to be honest, yes. (laughs) But if after you've thought about it more and you still want to pursue this, I will do everything that I can to help you succeed. And so it was just kind of that response from everyone that I knew was very important for me on two levels. I realized that I needed the pushback because one, it was important for me to be aware of the danger. And then two, because I needed to know how badly I wanted this and the fact that they couldn't talk me out of it was important later on because if that had been enough to stop me from pursuing it then if they hadn't said anything negative and I had gone out to the trail I wouldn't have lasted whenever it started to get really hard. Basically I got up with the sun and then I went to bed with the sun. I would be camped either at a shelter or just, I mean, somewhere on the trail in my tent. The day always started with breakfast and coffee. Very important. A lot of people choose to give up coffee and I thought I was going to be one of them. And then I realized that I just loved the ritual of like making coffee with my breakfast. And then I would pack up everything and then grab my trekking pole and then I would walk and walk and walk and walk and probably stop for second breakfast snack after a couple of hours and then I would walk and walk and walk and then I would stop for lunch after a couple more hours and then I would keep walking and then I would basically just walk through the day until I got to camp. There were some sections that were experiencing a drought and so you had to carry extra weight and water that you would normally be able to fill up more regularly and a couple of days I think in Pennsylvania I had to carry like three water bottles full and like try to make that last for most of the day before I got to camp and then I would just have to like plan ahead where I was going to camp so that I could have water and keeping myself nourished. It was hard to figure out a diet that was going to be lightweight to carry but healthy enough to keep me going. A lot of dehydrated food, dehydrated fruit and dehydrated vegetables. I found these really nifty packets of, it was like a soup mix and it was just dehydrated vegetables so I'd throw that in with some ramen and then like the little packets of pasta 
little packets of mashed potatoes or even mac and cheese was a big favorite of mine on the trail. I did some like summer sausage, a lot of tuna packets, and then just tried to like find a good balance of all of that. And then a ton of Snickers and like candy and chips and like just whatever kind of extra carbs and sugar I could get into my diet. It was terrible, honestly, but it was okay because I was using it all. So I started out hiking on average between seven and 10 miles a day. And then by the time I got to the end of the trail, I was hiking on average 20 to 25 miles a day. And so just basically wherever, whatever I was capable of doing, I would get that far and then usually have about like 30 minutes to cook dinner and set up my tent. And then I would crawl into it and journal a little bit and then fall asleep immediately. I think the hardest moments for me were the days that I was feeling the most disconnected. So there would be stretches that I wouldn't see anyone. There were usually other people around on the trail and other hikers heading in the same direction. And we would hike together. But on the days that I was going like just at a different pace and I would stop and camp somewhere all by myself. That was um, very scary, especially at the beginning. So those moments when I felt alone and felt fear, that was the hardest to overcome mentally. And then physically, oh, it was just painful. They talk about this thing called trail legs that you have to work up to for a couple of weeks. And then once you've like gotten your trail legs, quote unquote, then you can just walk for miles and you feel great. And I still don't believe that that's a thing. People lied to me because <laughs> it was just painful. Pretty much the entire trail, especially climbing the mountains. I just, I don't know. It was... Gravity and me did not get along. I almost expected to make such big mistakes that I, I would not be able to finish. It wasn't until probably halfway through the trail that I felt kind of confident that I, I can do this. Now I know that I can do this. But like up until that point, I was literally taking it one step at a time. And I was like, I'm going to enjoy this step because I don't know how long I'm going to have. <laughs> At the very end of the trail, like both of my parents flew up to Maine to hike the most gruesome hike up to Mount Katahdin with me. Having actually completed it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I mean, I was finishing with another hiker that I had become really close to and my cousin surprised me and came up also, it was really just so like overwhelming joy. And we took the pictures and we did the dancing, celebrating. And then I was like, okay, we can go now. And then it hit me that, oh my gosh, we're going to go and then like not come back. It was over. And like I had just spent five plus months on this trail and it was. It was honestly like it had become home 
And so then it hit me and I, I became just very grateful, but also like very sad for this amazing journey to have ended. But I read this quote on a plaque at the very end of the trail, just talking about the Appalachian Trail by Harold Allen. And it said, remote for detachment, narrow for chosen company, winding for leisure, lonely for contemplation. It beckons not only north and south, but upward to the body, mind, and soul of a man. And I just realized that, I mean, as sad as I was that it was over, this experience and this journey was really not over because it was just, it was going to stay with me for the rest of my life. I think God just knows me and this really is evidence to me of how deeply and intimately he knows me that what he had to tell me and show me could be found on this trail and through these people that I met while I was hiking. And I think there's a lot that I experienced and learned that I still don't even know how it's going to play out in my life, but I know that it is going to be important. So I think it was just, I think it was just that God had a plan for this trail to give me experiences that I'm, I'm going to use for the rest of my life. If I could give anyone a piece of advice to take their first small step, it would be that no step is too small. And that it's the first step, no matter how small, that is the most important because nothing after that is possible without it. The Appalachian Trail was the scary yes that I had to make and I am so glad that I did. I also don't think that the Appalachian Trail is going to be the answer for everyone. So I hope that whoever's listening to this is able to find that scary thing that you have been putting off because of fear and just go for it. Oh man, doesn't that make you want to go put on some hiking boots and hit the trail? I can't imagine the strength and patience and the blisters Diana must have had to get through to clock in at 2,200 miles of hiking. But wow, is she an inspiration. I'm going to think about Diana every time I go to Radnor Lake now. Her story goes to show you that it's really not just about the destination. God has so much to show us in the journey. If we'll just allow ourselves to take the first step and then another and then another. Maybe you feel the way Diana did before she started her journey. Maybe you feel like you don't know exactly what your first step should be. Listen, I know how you feel. One of the ways I kind of figure out where God's leading my next step is through journaling. And as you know, I've put together a journal just for you. It's called the 100 Days to Brave Guided Journal. Yep, that's right. 100 Days to Brave is now a journal that you can carry around as you hike and write in. So here's how it works. Every single day, I've put together some thoughts on bravery and courage and ask you a few questions to get your brain thinking about your own brave journey and where God might be asking you to take just one more small, tiny step. I hope you love it. I hope you share it with your people because I think it will really serve y'all. So you can find the 100 Days to Brave Guided Journal anywhere you buy books today.
Hey, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode and this particular story. You can tag me, Annie F. Downs. That's how you find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you want to find me. That's how you can find me, Annie F. Downs. So use the hashtags stories from 100 Days to Brave and 100 Days to Brave. They're in the show notes and use the actual number 100. And if you want, we'd love for you to share this story. All right, friends, that's it for me. I hope you face whatever scary thing you've been putting off and take the first step toward brave because you never know where your journey might take you. Thanks for being here and I'll see you next time.